Understanding our world through anime. Let's challenge the belief that cartoons and animation are only for kids by starting deeper conversations. Hello, and welcome to Anime Actually, the show where I look at themes and issues in anime and make connections from an American perspective. I'm your host, Vale Garcia. Hello, and welcome to Anime Actually. This episode, I want to talk about Our Dreams at Dusk, a queer coming-of-age story about finding yourself and finding community that captures a queer experience really well. I feel that we don't think enough about the big global picture when it comes to LGBT rights. We've made so much progress so far, but we still have a long way to go. In 2022, only 33 countries recognize same-sex marriage and provide special protections for LGBT people like anti-workplace and housing discrimination laws. Growing up queer for many people is a difficult experience. They go through questioning, denial, rejection, anger, and worst of all, isolation. We're usually going through it all alone. So, to provide a short summary of the manga, for those who may have not read it yet, the manga follows Tasuku Kaname through his exploration of his identity. He's recently transferred schools, and on top of being the new kid, he's also outed by his classmates. He gains the reputation as sort of a weird gay kid, and this leads him to isolate himself from his classmates to the point where he tries to jump off a bridge when he's stopped by the mysterious figure Anonymous. She invites him to the lounge, where he comes to learn that other queer people meet and renovate houses. Other characters include Haruko Daichi, Natsuyoshi Utsumi, Shuji Misora, and Ilya Chaiko. They're all queer people at different stages of their life. Each person has their story highlighted in the manga and tells their struggle of acceptance and perseverance. Basically, in this manga, Tasuku finds community and that's what saves him. Also important to note is that the mangaka themselves is asexual and exgender, which in Japan, this is somebody that doesn't identify as male or female, as sort of a third gender. I kind of want to talk a little bit about homosexuality in Japanese culture, but to do that first, I think we need to know a little bit about Japanese history. So it's important to know that historically, um, and like in their religion, and their culture, it doesn't outwardly condemn homosexuality like Christianity does. Furthermore, there is evidence of deep and deep cultural and historical roots in transgenderism in Japan, dating back to the Tokugawa period when transgender men affiliated with the kabuki theaters would offer sexual services to male audience members. These factors have contributed to the image of Japan as a relatively progressive nation with regard to LGBT issues in, in Asia. And then, if you're familiar with anime and this subculture, you might know that boys love and girls love stories are also popular. So when I was first getting into this subculture, it led me to believe that Japan was much more accepting of the LGBT community than what they actually are. However, this is far from the truth. Um, there are many things that make LGBT rights fall behind in Japan. The first is a strong traditional traditional family unit. The second is invisibility. They're not really represented much in culture in pop culture or in the media and then last which is a point that i'll touch on a little bit more is a lack of education and training so now that we have a little bit of historical and cultural background i'll touch a little bit on the legal status of lgbt rights in japan as of right now japan is the only country in the g7 that does not legally recognize same-sex unions in any form the other countries in the g7 are canada france germany italy the uk the us and then japan that being said, many municipalities and prefectures offer a partnership oath system 
which gives same-sex couples some legal benefits, such as being able to visit their partner in hospitals, receiving life insurance benefits, and moving into housing together. However, living as a queer couple in Japan is still very difficult. Most LGBT couples have three main options. According to this YouTube video I watched by Let's Ask Shogo, a Kyoto-based Japanese YouTuber, he says that their main options are the partnership system, as I outlined above, adoptive marriage, which is where the older person in the couple will adopt the younger one, and then they'll be legally recognized as uh, parent and child. This can be a little problematic. Um, it does give them legal rights, but then again, they're seen in the eyes of law as parent and child, so it's not ideal. And then lastly, um, leaving the country and getting married where it's recognized is another option for queer couples in Japan. So it, this partnership system is a good start, but it's not enough. And lastly, Japan has no non-discrimination laws in place. Which takes me back to the point I wanted to discuss earlier, that a big reason for the lack of um, progressive LGBT rights in Japan is a lack of education and training. I read this Human Rights Watch article called The Nail That Sticks Out Gets Hammered Down, which focuses on LGBT bullying and exclusion in schools. LGBT students struggle a lot in schools because of policy gaps, inadequate teacher trainings, weak enforcements, and then a cultural desire to maintain harmony. A very staggering statistic I read is that nearly half of LGBT students in Japan have considered suicide. One quote that comes from a student in that article I read is, In a world... In the world, there are some weird people, my high school health teacher said, to introduce the lesson. She said that sex between boys was the main cause of AIDS, so we should stay away from homosexuals. That was the only time I heard about LGBT people from a teacher, except when I overheard them making gay jokes. The Human Rights Watch found out that there are LGBT students targeted by bullies because of their sexual orientation or their gender identity. And even if they try to go to a trusted adult to talk about their feelings, they're taking a huge risk, because the response that they get from the teacher ultimately comes down to the teacher's own views on their own sexuality and gender. They could end up making the situation worse. Schools in Japan are also very strictly separated by gender, such as different uniforms for boys and girls, and gender-specific activities, which can make it difficult for somebody who is transgender or non gender non-conforming to navigate the school system comfortably. Another thing that makes this difficult is that transgenderism in Japan is classified as a mental disorder, so the process to even be recognized legally or to receive gender-affirming care um, is very lengthy, expensive, and honestly regressive. Japanese schools continue to, perform, to promote conformity and harmony over rights, and because of this, um, as one former teacher put it, even if they do try to help out students, they could be alienated in their own compassion. So, despite um, what the law says and what we know culturally of Japan, however, we know that this isn't enough to represent the people. According to an interview done in 2018, in 2018 nearly 80% of people aged 20 to 50 had a favorable view of same-sex marriage, so there is hope that progress will happen soon. So then, now I'll just briefly compare the state of LGBT rights from Japan to America. Um, in America, same-sex marriage is legal. There are non-discrimination laws in place in both for both housing and in the workplace. And generally, same-sex couples are recognized and have the same rights as heterosexual couples would. I've also noticed that teachers usually have training for LGBT youth and using inclusive language. Something that I've seen a lot more, especially in college campuses, is like asking for pronouns and just being very mindful of the way they speak about LGBT students. 
Yet, despite that, right now is a very scary time for transgender and non-binary people. There's a lot of legislation to roll back progress like banning drag shows, banning transgender healthcare, outing students to their parents, blocking hormone therapy, and there's worries that same-sex marriage might even be next. Despite all this, I think culturally, the views of LGBT are higher than in recent years, despite the fact that America does have that religion, like Christianity, that does outwardly condemn homosexuality. Same-sex couples generally have um, a favorable view, I think, whereas the acceptance with transgender individuals falls a little bit behind. I think that overall, I feel pretty represented in the media and, you know, schools, cities, and universities have clubs and queer events. There's online forums, and at the very least, I feel that most kids don't have to go through that alone. We're not invisible like how LGBT people are in Japan, and if we have something to talk about, there's usually like some sort of method in place that there's a trusted adult we're able to go to or maybe friends that we're able to go to. The only difference, though, is that in America, we have that added layer of being a person of color and queer, whereas in Japan, that doesn't exist. The experience between queer white people and queer black people or other queer people of color in America are going to be different. Alright, so we'll move into the experience and commentary section then. Um, I'm going to interview both of you, so if you just want to go around and introduce yourselves, when you introduce yourselves, if you could tell us your name and pronouns, your label or your identity, if you choose to label yourself, and where you're from. Um, I guess I'm just going to go first. <laughs> um, so my name is Boa, my pronoun is she, they. Uh, I am labeled as non-binary lesbian, and I'm from Bangkok, Thailand. Yay. Um, me next. I'm Kitty. I'm also from from Thailand. Um, I went to high school with four, and my pronouns are she, her. My labels are aromantic, asexual. Yep. Nice. And then my name is Vale. My pronouns are she, they. I also identify as a non-binary lesbian, and I'm from America, but my family's Colombian, so there's that. Um, so then, if you guys just want to tell me your thoughts on the series as a whole, we won't really get into it, just like, your overall review, what did you guys think? Well, can go first. Okay. <laughs> um, it's, I think, like, I feel like, overall, the tone of the manga is not, um, like, very heavy, like, kind of like, you know, like, a lot of time, they like to make LGBTQ shows a series very, like, heavy, and, like, it seems like their life is nothing but misery. But, like, I feel like this um series is doing a good job, like, highlighting, like, the human side of LGBTQ people, which is very good, because it's kind of, like, you know, showing that, you know, we are people, too. And it made me cry. <laughs> it was very sad. and But overall, it's, like, a fun read. Nice. Yeah. I agree with Bua, like, even if in its own genre, like manga, when you see queer stories, a lot of them are like pretty fetishized or like like sexualized strongly, or like Boa said, like very dark if they're like um trying to tackle social issues. But in this story, it's very realistic. I feel like people who read it, like teenagers who read it, go through the same thing as like the main character or like other characters in the story. It's like very, you know, close to home. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I don't see a lot of asexual representation in media, or when I do see it, it's like um, very brief and not like emphasized, or maybe it's just like entirely accurate in the story. I, I'll, I'll get into it when we talk about our favorite characters or who we resonated with the most, but I enjoyed it overall. 
Nice. Yeah, I got pretty much, I agree with both of you. When I first read it, I was like, wow, because um, even with other like BL or GL manga, even if it is written by somebody within the LGBT community, it's it's not the same kind of story. Um, you have like the like really like fluffy and like happy ones, and then you have like real stories and real experiences. So I think that this is something different for the genre that I like. Um, so then my next question for both of you is just like your experience with your identity, with being queer. Uh, when did you realize it? Are you out? And how was it received? Um, so I feel like I realized it since I, since I was like really young, but I just didn't have like a word for it until like later on, like when I was 14 and I was doing like, you know, are you gay quiz <laughs> and stuff like that. So <laughs> like, so like definitely like my like exposure for like social media kind of like helped me know how to like label myself a little bit. Um, I am out to my family, um, and pretty much like out to everyone that I know in life. Um, in terms of like um, my lesbian part, but in terms of non-binary part, it's like um, you know, like I'm I will not like announce it, but like I will tell you if you ask me. And for how it was received, it was received pretty okay by like you know my like people who I care about with my family. Um, so I live with my mom, and she's very supportive. So, yeah, nice. Um. Well, I'm aromantic asexual, but the first time I heard about any of those sexualities was on Tumblr. And I learned about asexuality first, of course, <laughs> where all the gay people go. <laughs> and I, I, I think I was around 14 also, and I started thinking, maybe this is me. But I didn't know about aromanticism until way later, and I like never thought that could be me because... I just loved romance so much. Like all the media I consume is like about romance. I would always pick guys to have crushes on, and I think I started questioning if I was a romantic when Boa sent me the lesbian master doc <laughs> because um, I I read about compulsive heterosexuality compet, and I was like, maybe this is me, and I don't <laughs> like women. So like, what's going on? So, yeah, I am out to some of my friends, like, you guys know, and who knows, obviously, my friend from high school, I told her that I was probably asexual, aromantic. Um, it was received okay, but, um, you know, sometimes people, like, I, I remember her saying that maybe you aren't asexual, you're just, like, traumatized sexually, like, that's why you're, like, averse to it, which isn't, like, um, uh, when you think about it, if if you're just like now asexual it, it doesn't make sense right because i think i've been this way my whole life so in a way i feel like with asexuality or aromanticism there's always this pressure to keep proving that you are these identities mm -hmm. because there's this belief that it's not real or because it's not like a very oppressed identity or very well known there's like not really a place for you in the lgbt community but my friends who i'm out to like here in college are pretty nice about it but i don't really tell people i meet you know yeah like first time so, yeah all right well then i'm really excited to hear um about whose story you resonated with just because reading i made a lot of notes about like anonymous's character specifically um so that, that's my next question for you guys and whose story resonated with you most um and why um so I think I'm gonna go first because it's gonna be short. <laughs> I'm sure Kitty. I, I yeah, think I'm really Kitty. Excited. Yeah, Kitty really. I I know she likes anonymous. Like I read it and I'm like, wow, that's so Kitty. Um. So, <laughs> so um, I think um, there's like a a lesbian character 
Um, but I feel like her story doesn't resonate with me that much because she still have like some sort of like rejection rejection from her family, and that's her like thing. And I feel, but like for me, my mother like is very supportive. So for the story that I resonate with the most is Usumi, who is a trans um a trans man who have um you know a friend who's have good intention but not very well executed, and he just like want to live his life and not like trying to like announce like announce their identity to everybody i feel like you know it resonates with me with my non um, non-binary identity and like i feel like i'm just tired of like explaining to people what it is so i'm pretty like lenient with like people and i'm not trying to like correct everyone because like i i'm just trying to live my life like you know <laughs> that's why i think that's probably why i go with like she they pronouns because you know i know that society gonna perceive me as you know a woman because i'm pretty feminine looking but i know what i am inside um, for me, I kind of um, guessed that Anonymous was ace um, really early on mm-hmm. because, you know, like typical asexual representation, very, very like, like Anonymous the archetype, you know? This might surprise you, but the character that I resonated with the most was um, Misora. Oh. I, I think that's her name. Yeah, because even though I don't really um, identify as like non-binary or trans, I feel like their experience of like having to hide their like gender or sexuality is like very similar to mine because mm-hmm. you you kind of even even when you're like you're not you don't know that you're doing it like um I think Misar uses he him pronouns because that's what they call him in the story but uh like his reaction to being sexually assaulted like having had that like experience with my like myself I I feel like um if you're a woman who's reading about that experience and then the main character who's a gay man just tells you that oh you this just happens to you because like you look pretty or you look cute it just shows like how you know like misogyny and other social factors like the intersectionality of you know um gender sexuality it's really important because even if you're just even if you're gay it doesn't really mean you understand the experience of you know a woman or a trans woman you know and um i think it was really realistic especially for misra's age to like lash out on the main character um after that whole experience and he was like oh it just happens because you're you're attractive and you know like i don't know if this is relevant but when um people people talk about pretty privilege right mm-hmm. so if you look yeah. pretty you get treated nicer but it's also like men see it as like an invitation or it's allowed for them to do certain things to you if you look a certain way not even when you're pretty but even when you dress a certain way mm-hmm. so I think in Misora's case, when he's, you know, cross-dressing or dressed like a woman, even in real life, sometimes people cross-dress and they still don't pass very well, right? Yeah. People see that, like, people who, you know, have bad intentions. They think that, oh, if they assault someone who's, like, like that, then they'll get away with it because this person is not really a person or they're perverted in some way, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I still liked Anonymous, but I feel like, I think one of the characters in the story said that we're all, like, different there's no like one asexual person is going to be the same as the Mm -hmm. other another asexual person or two lesbians are not going to be like the same you know the the spectrum is different but i understood like her wanting to be alone because i think it's very hard to explain asexuality to people Mm -hmm. because when you say that it's just like the absence of sexual attraction then they're like what does that mean like what does it mean in practice though like i want to see something that's physical and tangible i don't want this like 
like how she was described as like a cloud or like ethereal like you can't really grasp her mm-hmm. i feel like that is very accurate of asexuality like nice well that's interesting to hear um what you both said <laughs> <laughs> um the source story was definitely interesting and i think one of this one of the other questions that i had written down was like what do you think the main story main like message of the manga is and one of the ones that i had thought of is that like you can't understand you can't completely understand other people through your own experiences so like at that point like the main character had been able to come to terms with his identity and like he was happy with that and so in a way he was kind of trying he was kind of trying to like push misora to that same like realization and like he wasn't comfortable mm-hmm. with like being put into that box like he was just like i just do it because i want to and then um yeah with the yeah. whole sexual assault thing happening that just like created like a negative association for him so um before i get to the next question that i have i guess um what what is the main message you think this manga is trying to make I can go first if Bo can. Yeah, yeah. You can <laughs> go ahead. You can go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I think the main theme of the story is like coming out, right? And like being out. So a lot of um the people in the cat clouder is it clouder or clouder? Clouder. Right? I've seen clouder, but then on like the wiki it says it's clutter. So I guess <laughs> whichever one sounds. We're better. gonna say clouder. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, people. Some people in there are out. Some people are not out. And I feel like it's a huge theme like a lot of the story revolves around the lesbian couple mm-hmm. and how one of them is out and one of them isn't or how like with misura he doesn't tell his family he only dresses like cross dresses when he's at the lounge so and the main character even by the end of the story i don't think his family knows that he's gay right so maybe the main for me what i got the main message is that um everyone's queer experience or existence is going to be different like what they find is like satisfactory Mm -hmm. so there's no standard to how to be queer and be happy you know Mm. yeah that's good um for me i would say it's like a similar thing but for me if i have to put it in one word it would be acceptance um you know accepting yourself accepting your situation and how you're gonna navigate it and also it also about how like um non-lgbtq people accept lgbtq people as well like throughout the story you see a lot of people like um, you know, changing their perspective on um LGBTQ lifestyle and like stereotype, um, whether the queer character or non queer character, um, it all like boils down into like accepting like people and like thinking as one another as like you know a human being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's a good one too. Um, so then you know, as queer people, we love tearing apart like <laughs> representation. We love overanalyzing. So is this good representation or is it continuing harmful stereotypes? Um, I think I think uh, I feel like I've said it um a couple of times, but I think it is a very good stereotype because stereotype or representation. Representation. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good um overall representation because like they just made each character feel so human. Mm-hmm. You know, we we get to see each side of the character. We get to see the lesbian character being mad or being sad, or we get to see um I think it's um Chai Chaiko. Mm-hmm. We get to see Chaiko like who's like usually calm and then turns out he has like his little backstory um we get to see anonymous being you know gender fluid asexual aromantic like who they are um i think it's like you know like again it's very like each character is very three-dimensional and it feels very real so that's why i feel like with um if non-queer people were to read this manga they would have gained a little bit more understanding to lgbtq people as well yeah um i agree with Bua. uh i just forgot what the question is <laughs> <laughs> um asking about representation is it good or is uh, it like perpetuating harmful yeah. stereotypes 
yeah, I think it is good representation, I was gonna say. Um, I feel like, like Boa said, like, characters in the story are allowed to be human. Mm-hmm. They're allowed to, you know, be flawed, be angry. Um, they are allowed to lash out. And maybe if there's an argument for, like, perpetuating the story, perpetuating some harmful stereotypes, the only thing that I saw was um, the main character's love interest. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and Misora, who... Um, when they like say homophobic things it's because maybe because they themselves haven't fully accepted their identity so maybe that could be it but i think it's very real so even even though it's like maybe a stereotype it happens sometimes it doesn't mean that all people who are homophobic are secretly gay right yeah yeah that's exactly what what i have written yeah i didn't even think about that because like but like i said like um yeah, you could you could make that argument, but it, he's not a terrible example either. Like, um, if you've ever seen like Sex Education, mm-hmm. I know that like yeah. people complain a lot about like that one guy. But anyway, like this guy, he like changes his outlook on gay people because he was just going through a lot, and he's like, what? They're in like junior, like high school, first year. Yeah, they're like they're young. Great so school, yeah. He gets a pass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then, the protagonist is saved by having queer community. How has uh, community helped you as a queer person? Um, I don't know. I feel like just like. So, um, you know, I, this may sound stereotypical, but, like, people who I, like, hanging out with, like, consistently, like, have been queer. So, I just feel like having, like, like, what Anima say, like, I will listen to you, but I'm not gonna ask, like, um, it's just, like, having someone to just, like, listen to you, you know? And, like, I feel like generally queer people have better understanding of different um, queer identities Mm -hmm. so therefore like the fact that you can just like explain it to people without having to like oh by the way for reference this is this that 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 Mm -hmm. so that's like you know that to take off the emotional labor that you have to go through like explaining to people like what my identity is yada yada Mm -hmm. and so I feel like having someone who like you know have like general basic knowledge of like your identity and that they can just like listen to you without like the judgment and that's basically like what the lounge is mm-hmm. basically right so uh, yeah i think it's very important i don't know like i'm being a part of like something that you know like really accept who i am yeah i wish the lounge was real yeah <laughs> <laughs> i i totally agree with Boa. um for me like you know sometimes the a can be excluded from lgbtq mm-hmm. but i feel like because my experiences are not that aligned with other queer people, but I do feel like because I'm a part of a community, I am more aware of other people's, you know, identity and experiences. Like, when I hang out with other queer people, it's, like what said, it's easier to just talk about your experience without having to, you know, do all this, um, what, um, educating mm-hmm, <laughs> of yeah. what their sexuality is, what the experience is, because, you know, like, I'm, I'm really lucky to, you know, well, it's university. There are queer people here, but I study graphic design, so <laughs> it's good that I have <laughs> I have like you know pansexual friends, I have bisexual friends, and I have non-binary non-binary friends. So like when we talk, it's very you know at ease. When you talk to straight or cis people, sometimes they don't know what you're saying, and mm-hmm. you can't talk to them the same way that you talk to your girlfriends. Sometimes you feel like you can't really be yourself around them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Straight people are hard to talk to. Um, so then you both said that like a big message from the manga was like acceptance coming out. So do you think that it's necessary to come out to live like a truthful, honest, like fulfilling life? Um, what are your what are your thoughts? Um, I feel like it is important 
to be truthful to yourself, but is it necessary? Not really, because mm-hmm. you know, like in in the manga, we have seen some moment um where characters come up with their parents or peers, right? But I feel like for a lot of LGBTQ community, like we have this like circle of queer people who have who we choose to be our family. Um, like you, you hear the phrase "chosen family" um, by the way, stream "chosen <laughs> family" by Rina Sawayama. Um, so yeah, um, so queer people, we we kind of like have this like chosen family that we come out to, and you know, like we can still fulfill our identity as a queer person because unfortunately like not everyone um have you know the privilege i mean it shouldn't be a privilege it should be like a basic human right but not everyone gonna understand your identity mm-hmm. but you know like so yeah what i'm saying is that like a lot of queer people have like double life um so like it is important to come out to your family but you know if it's unsafe or if it's received badly then like if you have a community that you can like come out to and like be yourself then you know it can still be fulfilling in another way as well mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, you don't have to come out. Like, I'm not out to my mother either. She knows that I've never dated anybody or been with anybody, like, romantically. And I think in the back of her mind, she kind of knows, but she doesn't have, like, the word for it. Mm-hmm. You know? She, she, but, like, she, sometimes she's very scared, like, you know, with the le- lesbian parents in the story. They're like, why aren't you married yet? Why don't you have kids? Like, my mother's worried. She's like, oh, if, like, you don't marry or get together with somebody or have a kid in the future, what's going to happen when you get old? Like, who's going to take care of you, like, if you don't have a significant other or a child? Mm-hmm. It's like, good thing you have a child, mother, because you do not have a significant other. <laughs> like, like you said, we have a queer community, right? I think the most important thing is having a community. You don't have to um, be romantically or sexually attracted to someone to want to help them, you know? Like, platonic um, love and attachment is just as important, yeah. and sometimes you help others like just because they're your friend or you like live in, like next door so yeah yeah really good answers and i agree <laughs> <laughs> um so then how do queer experiences in asia differ do you see any similarities with your experiences and the story so as part of um when i was researching this i also researched like what the state of lgbt rights is in japan and um i mean it's very different they said that lgbt people feel almost invisible and there's not a lot of like training in schools and even if um they do have like friends that they're close to they don't really have that sense of like community there so i guess um what similarities do you see between like your experiences growing up in asia as a queer person and um the story what's different so thailand is generally more accepting to yeah yeah yeah, compared to like other countries in asia Mm -hmm. um but i also see some like relatable moment in the manga as well like when um dashi san she when she was watching the news on the tv and she saw that like oh like same-sex marriage has been legalized and she like feels some sense of like envy because although like the society overall is very accepting well we still don't have the law to protect us basically Mm. and um i also like um with um you know with a lot of western media um influencing um thai society right now you have you know people start labeling themselves and you also see a lot of more of like um the pushy ally that i that i would say um <laughs> so like what i mentioned with the usumi's friend um she has good intention overall but it's just like the lang like she still um call um um was she the dead name the, yeah, the dead right, name and like she's still like 
oh, this is so offensive, but also at the same time, like you called him by their dead name. So like, what do you, what are you talking about? So, um, definitely like you, like if you're in like Twitter space in Thailand, like you'll see a lot of like LGBTQ rights. And then like the next, the, and then the next tweet, like they were like, oh, this is so disgusting. <laughs> so you see a lot of like hypocritical, like, you know, but, um, but I feel like in terms of like being queer in Thailand, definitely there's like more flexibility, but, um, not a lot, not a lot of like legal, yeah. um, practice to actually protect us mm-hmm. i think a lot of the like attitude like the more positive attitude towards like queer people in thailand is like to trans women's credit because thailand is kind of known for you know the trans community yeah, yeah. specifically trans women sometimes not in the best light yeah. because some people when they think of thailand they only think of sex work mm-hmm. yeah but <laughs> that's, a, that's yeah. a whole different episode yeah <laughs> <laughs> But I feel like, you know, it depends, um, like, where your family is from in Thailand. Of course, if they're in the city, they might be more progressive. My mother is more progressive than most, um, but that's mostly because she's kind of apolitical. I don't know if I told you guys this, but I told you that she knows Bua, and I told her that Bua has a girlfriend. The concept of, you know, it took her a while to understand, you know, gay relationships. I think people are more used to, when you talk about gay relationships, like, MLM relationships. Yeah, but uh, I remember showing her pic- your pictures to her as a couple, and she was like, "Oh, they look so happy. I don't support it, but this is <laughs> you know, like it's a little bit like there's a, like she's trying, but sometimes people have you know grown up being taught a certain way, even though they have no like inherent like malice mm-hmm. or hatred. It's just been like drilled into them that it's not normal. But now she's gotten better. Like when I just went home, like last week or two days ago even uh i remember mentioning one of my friends and how they have a partner in Thai like fan right so there's no like specific gender so she's like okay is 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 this significant other a boy or a girl so now she gets it yeah. so in the west they really prioritize coming out right like mm-hmm. live your truth be who you are it doesn't matter if your parents are yeah <laughs> you live on the street and die you have to be who you are like isn't that i feel like that's um a result of how in the West, there's like people really value individualism, mm-hmm. while in the, in Asia we're very like collective. So like when you live with your family or you say you're gonna go see your family, it's not gonna be just your mom, your dad. It's gonna be your extended family. I feel like that's pretty similar to like South America and other countries where we call like developing countries. But like even even though we're seen as like less progressive, sometimes like even Thailand, there is a community of people, like a huge community of people who will accept us and will understand what we go through. Yeah, I agree with Kitty. Like, you know, like in Western media, we see this like huge coming out moment yeah. with the cake and everything. But like for me, it's just like people asking like, "Oh, are you into guys or girl?" I'm like, "Girl." They're like, "Cool." Well, they don't acknowledge the fact that once you come out, it's not done. You have to keep coming out yeah. and meet new yeah. people in your life. It's like continuous, you know. So there's no like, I feel like maybe it's because I'm Asian. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's no point in having a big coming out. Yeah, because it's going to be. Like, it's going to keep happening and happening and happening. It's kind of like getting your period. Honestly. Anyway, the first time, it's special, but then you have to keep doing it. And like, like, it's kind of annoying. Tiring. Yeah. Honestly, that's yeah. a good analogy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The pacing is, like, really well. I feel like it gives everyone, like, enough spotlight so that, or, like, time, so that you feel for them. So if, if like, it's really hard to do to give someone just, like, two chapters and then make, like, a loss, their loss, like, that impactful on you, I think. That's really good. 
All right. Well, this has been a really good interview. Is there anything else that you guys like wanted to bring up? Anything else you guys noticed? Um, right now, I want to highlight that in the U.S., um, the life of trans people and non-binary people are at risk right now with the banning of like drag queen and hormone therapy. So, um, if you are listening, please look at who you're voting for and like help out your your trans yeah. sisters and brothers. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, I hope you enjoyed the manga. And, yeah. Bye! Thank you for tuning in to Anime Actually. Join us every other Saturday for new episodes, and if you want to continue the conversation or suggest a topic, follow me on Twitter at vale underscore g48.